Good morning, and grace and peace to you. I want to thank uh, everyone who, as we say, jumped in this morning to fill in a slot in the schedule. Usually there's a couple of slots to fill, but this morning there were quite a few, so uh, we appreciate that always when people are willing to step up, and especially Don, he wasn't on the schedule to lead singing, and so appreciate that. That song number six took me back to the Middle Ages uh, when I was in college. Uh, worship with the congregation there in Athens, and one of the song leaders was an elder, and, or I should say one of the elders was a song leader, and his name was Lee Smith. I love Brother Lee. Appreciate him so much. I was just a college student, but uh, he was really a good example to me. But that song number six, we had singing practice. Uh, I forget how often it was, maybe every other month, once a quarter or something, on a Wednesday night. And he drilled that song into us like nobody's business. He said, we're going to learn this song. And that's where I learned to sing that song and sing the bass part. So uh, that really, really took me back. All right, let's go to Genesis 4. Genesis, the book of beginnings. So many things begun there. It's a good study. And uh, many parallels carried on over into the New Testament. Heavens and the earth were created. The vegetation, you know the story, the creation story, mankind. Then the first sin, uh, the first deception, the first sacrifices, the Hebrew nation has begun through Abraham and on and on. This lesson we're going to talk about from chapter 4, the incident with Cain and Abel. There are quite a few firsts here, beginnings in this story. I think some of them we have seen from time to time, but others we have uh, tended to overlook. And so with uh, the help of God, we want to try to dig into some of those today to see what does this uh, event, you know, real event, what does this event teach us uh, that we need to learn? What, what has begun here already on the earth uh, that has really continued and the lessons we can learn from Cain and Abel? So four one. now the man had relations with his wife Eve, that's Adam, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said... I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. And again she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. These were, in fact, the first children born on the earth. Uh, First two kids. Uh, First brothers uh, on the earth. Siblings. And we see here that Cain followed in his father's footsteps was a tiller of the ground. That's what Adam did in the garden, wasn't it? That's what he was placed there to do, to, to tend the garden. And uh, Adam, or Cain followed in his father's footsteps. But Abel chose to do something else. He became a keeper of the flocks, the, the sheep and the goats. Uh, if you will, this constituted the first family on the earth, Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. And uh, 
we understand and you know a great lesson here as we're put together in a family living in the same place it's in the family that we really learn a lot about how to get along with people don't we uh, it doesn't always go real smoothly does it uh, we have our uh, situation, some, you know, husband and wife sometimes, we have our dis disagreements. When the children come along, there's some tension there and trying to rear them, and they don't always do what mom and dad wants them to do, and there's need for discipline and so forth. So that always happens. And then between the, the siblings, between brothers and sisters and all, there's spats and fights. And so we have to learn how to get along, learn how to... Uh, appreciate one another, to forgive, to, uh, to understand that we're different, and appreciate the differences and all that. A uh, little story that came to mind when I was thinking about this, and some of you have heard this one, some of you not, so I'm going to share it about uh, little Johnny and Timmy. Now, Johnny and Timmy's mom made the very best pancakes in all the country. They were nice and fluffy. She uh, just put a hint of vanilla in them. And when she made them, you know, all you food connoisseurs, they were just kind of crispy around the edges, you know, and nice and soft and fluffy in the middle and done. And when she served them, she heated the syrup. So it was warm when you poured it on top with the butter. And uh, Hampton is going to food heaven here, I think. <laughs> but they were the best. And every Saturday morning, Mom would have the pancakes. And so one Saturday morning, uh, uh, Johnny and Timmy woke up, and they could smell the pancakes. Mom was already cooking. And boy, they started to run, get out, jumped out of bed, and started to run downstairs and said, I went to first pancake. Timmy said, I went to first pancake. And they're fighting through the hallway and down the step. You don't want to... I went to first one. I went to first one. And they come in and running in there and sit down at the counter. I went to first No, I went to. And mom's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, this, that's not the way we should be. We shouldn't be fighting over the first pancake, you know. That's, that's not what brothers do. And she said, you know, if Jesus was your brother, what would he do? He wouldn't want the first pancake. He would let the other person have the pancake first. And Johnny turns to Timmy and says, yeah, yeah, that's right. Timmy, you be Jesus. <laughs> so we got to learn to get along and who see who gets the first pancake. But anyway. So a lot of firsts there about the first family. Well, let's, let's read verse 3. You know, this, this got out of hand, really. Uh, so it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. This is the first recorded offerings we have to the Lord. I'm not saying Adam and Eve didn't do that, but these are the first ones that are recorded for us. Uh, 
There's some debate here over what the problem is with the offering, and I want us to turn to Hebrews 11 uh, here and see what it says about Abel and his offering. Uh, whether it had to do with what was offered, or the, the kind of offering, or uh, how good was it a first fruits offering? Was this an offering for sin? Was it a sacrifice? Is that what it was to be? Or was it like a first fruits offering? Uh, which we find throughout the Old Testament where you just brought the best that you had and the best of your harvest. In Hebrews 11 and 4, it says, By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. So it doesn't say there he offered the right sacrifice. He says he offered a better one. And, uh, you know, I'm of the inclination, as we read there back in Genesis, as it says, Cain brought an offering. He just brought something that he had there from what he had grown in the ground. It wasn't necessarily the best, and it wasn't apparently not the first fruits of a, of a harvest, which uh, we find that with uh, the Israelites later on when they had the, the harvest coming in, when they got the first fruits, they were supposed to bring that to the Lord and anticipate, you know, God is going to supply the rest of the harvest and we're thankful to God because he has brought the harvest again. But it does say then of Abel, what does he bring? The firstlings of his flocks and the fat portions. See, he brought the first some newborns, and he brought the fat, the good part. So this is, to me, the real problem here. Cain doesn't really honor God with his sacrifice. He just brings something. And Abel brings the best. Abel brings the good stuff. It's a more excellent sacrifice. You know, the question here for me is, and this is another first, which one of them really honored God with their sacrifice? And this takes me to what later in the book of Deuteronomy, as we call it, is the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Even before that was laid out as a commandment, there appears to be an expectation that you would do that. How do you honor God? Cain's offering did not honor God in God's estimation, but Abel's did. So that's what I see here when this offering, the offering came. And so there's a challenge for us, you know, love the Lord your God sang in the one song about our living sacrifice, sacrifice of our bodies, and so forth. You know, we're, we're to give God the best, the first, and serve him with all our heart. And apparently Abel did that. He did it by faith. Cain did not. So as a result, what develops is the first anger against a brother, and I, I'm saying it's jealousy here. Jealousy is a type of anger. It doesn't say jealousy, but it appears to be. 
And Cain's anger, you know, he's angry here. Maybe he's angry with God a little bit because God doesn't accept his sacrifice. Certainly we're going to see later he was angry with his brother because his brother had done the right thing. His deed was righteous. It was a good sacrifice he brought, but Cain didn't bring one. So he's upset here, and he, the countenance falls, okay? And, uh, you know, he was downhearted, but I think, you know, I think literally the countenance fell. You know, he's, he's upset. You've never done that, right? We do that. Kids do that. We get upset about something. The countenance, the head falls. And I was thinking about this you know, in regard, you know, brothers here in the family, but even within the family of God, or even when we know somebody at work or school or something like that. Why is it we have such a hard time uh, appreciating and praising somebody that does good? Especially when we don't. Why, why do we get angry that they did better than we did? This is a first, you see. This, this is telling on the human race. We tend to do this, don't we? I didn't do so well. She did good. I don't like her. You know? Why did she do good? I'm I'm not going to associate with her. We ought ought to be praising. We ought to be saying, hey, you did good. We ought to be honoring that person. But it shows what sin will do when it's in us. We tend to think of ourselves and not of the other person. It's one of our great weaknesses and the one we need to work on. And we'll talk about later on loving one another. So we have... We need to love God and honor God and not to get jealous of those who do the right thing, but to appreciate them and even try to emulate them. Now let's look at 6 and 7. Of course, God's watching this whole thing. He knows what's going on. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well... Sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, but you must master it. I was looking at this, and of course, God, all wise, obviously. This is the first counseling session ever given to mankind. It really is. And it's a good template for us to follow. What does he do? First of all, He identifies the body language. Cain's angry and his countenance has fallen. We we can tell when we we know people when something's wrong, can't we? They look, they don't have a different look on their face, they're not their usual self. You know, they come downstairs, they're pouting, and they they come down, they usually say, hi, good morning, how you doing? And they come down and just walk past you and go do something else. You know, wait a minute, <laughs> something's going on. Something happened. You know, and it might be how they say something, it might be what they say or what they don't say. This is all what's called body language. And we need to, that's our first clue 
be careful. <laughs> Look out. Something's going on. I better take it slow here and see what's happening. So he identifies. You know, he knows he's angry. His countenance fell. And, he's, and that's what he says to him. What, what's going on? Of course, God knows, but he's got to prompt Cain to speak from his heart to say what's going on. You've got to face your problem. That's what he gets him to do. That's one of the steps in counseling. You've got to get people to face their problem, to identify it, help them dig it out. So he says, if you do well, your countenance will be lifted up. All right? So there's the direction everybody needs to go. If we identify, well, I'm not doing this right, or, you know, I'm angry, or uh, I'm jealous, uh, I hate this person, figure out why. So you've got to do what's right. What's the right thing to do in this situation? Determine what's the right thing to do. If you do the right thing, what? You'll feel good. That's the way God made us. When we do the right thing, we'll feel good. We'll be full of joy. There'll be a smile on our face. When we don't do the right thing, it affects us. We have a conscience. We have an inner working there. Little levers are tripped, and it's like it's just something doesn't work right. And he goes on to say, you know, if you don't do well, what? Sin is waiting. If you keep going down this path, you're going to be trapped by sin. You're going to be ensnared. And it's eventually going to kill you. This is why, you know, for elders and preachers and so forth to, to counsel with people who are struggling with problems is so important. To get with them one-on-one and get to dig out what's going on inside that head, inside that heart, and get things changed around. Because it will lead to, it will lead to sin and snaring them and lead to death. The challenge, you must master it. You know, it's a choice. It's a choice. People want to be victims. They want to say, I can't do anything about it. It's not true. It's a choice. You want to do what's right, figure out how to do it, what you need to do it, and do it with God's help. Otherwise, you'll just drift away and go on into sin. He says, you must master it. You must rule over it. We do that with God's help. We have the Holy Spirit. We have direction of Scripture. We have prayer. We have brothers and sisters who help us. But you've got to choose to do it. You have to choose to do it. You have to admit, I I need help. I need help to get out of this one. So God is challenging Cain, or he's counseling, he says, you've got to do the right thing. Well, as so often happens, people don't listen. Cain could not rule over the jealousy, the anger in his heart. Verse 8. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. This is usually the place we go to in this story and say, well, there's the first murder, which in fact it is, but there's so much more here as far as the first and beginning. 
Abel had not done anything against Cain. We've got to see that. Not a thing. But it's only because Cain was angry with his brother for doing right that he killed him. Obviously, Cain could not bring himself to repent and to do what was right. And so he, tries, he takes his brother out of the picture. Now, I can't say he was trying to make himself look good because I got rid of Abel, and now here I'm just the only one left. But he was just so overcome with anger because Abel was looking better than him, and he wasn't willing to do the right thing. 1 John 3. And this is what John tells us here. 1 John 3.11. And this brings in another first. We've already seen the first commandment here about honoring God and how do we honor God and love God. Now what does John say? For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another not as Cain. So this was really Cain's failure. He did not love his brother. Who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds, his deeds were evil, meaning Cain's, and his brothers were righteous. That's the only reason he did it. Abel had done nothing against Cain. And so here we see that we're to love one another. The second great commandment. Love your brother. Love others as you love yourself. Abel did not do that. And he killed his brother. So before there was a specific command to love your brother... There was an expectation that you would love your brother. Love God, love your brother. That's here in this story. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Cain lies. He says, I don't know. <laughs> Did he really think he could hide it from God? I don't know. It was just a natural response, you know, when we do something wrong and we're queried. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The word keeper here is interesting in the Hebrew. It means to exercise great care over to pay careful attention to obligations of a covenant or a law, to take care of, to guard, to regard or give heed to God or to people. And you know the answer to the question is yes. When he said, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes, you are. Yes, we are. Because we're to love our brothers and sisters. We are their keeper. We are to watch out for them 
as well as ourselves. This is apparently, it seems to be, the main lesson of the entire story because in this whole section of scripture that we're looking at, the word brother is used seven times. Seven times. That's what this is about. Learning to love your brother. Cain did not. He did not. And he killed his brother. We are our brother's keeper. We are to look out for one another. Verse 11. Words of God. Now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one finding him would slay him. So here we see the consequences for sin, some of them. We already saw that with Adam and Eve and death came into the world. But notice here three things. First of all, you cultivate the ground and it will no longer yield its strength to you. Cain was hurt in his making a living because that's how Cain made a living was through the ground. And so God will do that to us through unrepentant sin and where we're stubborn in our hearts and we won't do what's right. He will hurt us where we make a living and make it hard to get along. Secondly, you'll be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain's home and social ties would be greatly hurt. He would lose that bond of family through sin, through the consequences of sin. And thirdly, as Cain observes, your face, from your face I will be hidden, his spiritual life would falter and his relationship with God would be broken. No wonder he says, my punishment is too much for me to bear. There's not much left, is there? You lose your relationship with God, your relationship with family, and you can't make a living very well. You're in deep trouble. But this is what would happen to us when we don't do what's right. We keep bucking God, hating our brother, and not doing the right things that he wants us to do. The effects of sin are devastating. As you know, later scriptures develop these themes in greater depth and more plainly, but they're obviously laid out here for us in this book of beginnings here and the story with Cain and Abel. That we are to love and honor God, to love our brother. We are our brother's keeper. And if we do what's right, in God's eyes, we'll be blessed. And he wants to bless us. We close out this morning. As always, we offer
an invitation. If anyone feels a need for prayer this morning, uh, we're here as always to assist in, in your spiritual journey. If you have a need, uh, you're struggling with something, and then we can pray with you and pray for you. If you uh, are ready to obey the gospel this morning, we haven't talked much about that in this lesson, but if things we've said and things we've said in the past or your own studies, you're to that point in life that you want to give your life to Jesus, we can assist you with that. So our brother Don leads us. If you want to come, please come.